Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Villa finally returned to the pitch at Leeds after a September of cancellations and international breaks. But we saw some of the same old issues once again in a nil-nil draw. More on that in a moment. And as usual, Frankie will have one of his spicy questions later in the show. First of all, Frankie, how are you? Yeah, I'm in recovery from uh, 24 hours in Toulouse, which was uh, one of the most insane experiences of my life. Yeah, no, I was there for work, but it was for uh, just a shoot, uh, filming stuff. And um, yeah, the cameraman, the poor guy, his uh, flight got delayed by five hours. So just got there. And then that night we got to the airport and then the flight just didn't turn up. No explanation oh, as to why. No. Uh, no, and then just five hours waiting for that. So... The cameraman in that day alone had 10 hours of delays on the flight and then got back home and the taxi just wasn't there. <laughs> like a million phone calls to try and sort it out. And uh, he just turned up and he was like, um, do you mind if I finish my cigarette? Well, when we found him and it was like at four, half four in the morning, we'd both been up for about 24 hours and it was like, I, I kind of do mind actually. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but because so... you're British, you didn't say anything. You said, oh, yeah. oh, of course. I was like, have yeah, to smoke no, another one. Absolutely. Do you know what? I've got some Cuban cigars on me. Fancy a few of these? Yeah, now have them, have them. I start throwing them down the runway for him to chase. <laughs> like Light them for, him, for himself. Uh, yeah, and then... Um, uh, and so there was that. I mean, then obviously, you know, the British economy currently seemingly meltdown um, and Aston Villa being terrible to watch. So it, it's all yeah. coming up Millhouse at the moment. Yeah, sort of the four horsemen of the apocalypse coming your way, Frankie. <laughs> yeah. and one thing after the other. I am sorry to hear that. And I'm also sorry that you had to endure. Uh, we'll obviously talk about that now. But, um, you know, from my perspective, Frankie, it's it's not the worst result in the world. And I don't want to come on this show because we've talked often enough about how we don't want to have too much negativity, although if it's deserved, we will dish it out. Um, I'll have my thoughts in a moment, but Frankie, I, I can tell that you were sort of not very pleased with how things turned out uh, turned out at Leeds. When, when they're down to 10 men from about the 50th minute and you can't win the game despite having pretty much all of the possession, mm. it's like, that, that was... That absolutely had to be a game to win. Um, look, you know, ultimately, Ollie Watkins probably carries a lot of the can today. Inability to finish, a lack of conviction, um, which is incredibly frustrating. I personally was calling for either Ings to come on and replace him maybe 15 to go, or to be honest, Cameron Archer. I said, you know what? Why not give Archer a go? It might just be his day. Um, I don't really understand what's going on with Archer. You know, we kept him signed his new contract and uh, he hasn't really had an opportunity. Um, you know, maybe he will in the coming weeks, but right now it's looking a bit confusing as to why he didn't go out on loan. Um, yeah, I think unfortunately it wasn't Watkins' finest hour. Uh, and um, But it was, you know, I mean, ultimately it's more of the same with Villa. I just think, I mean, it's just repeating ourselves ad nauseum that in the final third, we just don't have any conviction. There doesn't seem to be really a pattern of play apart from kind of lump it in and hope for the best. Um, yeah, I mean, the word, I mean, Buendia's pass through to Watkins today was exceptional. There were two great passes from Buendia into Watkins, one where Watkins turned and just tried to pass it, and one where he hit it straight at um, the Leeds keeper. So, you know, um, 
just inc- incredibly frustrating. Um, I mean, I think you, you could argue that Villa defensively looked more solid. When Leeds had uh, 11 men on the pitch, um, they didn't, I wouldn't say they really looked like scoring. And probably in the last three games, particularly Mings and Ashley Young have looked really strong. Concerts looked better. Um, you know, so uh, you, you could say, argue that defensively we're improved. But, you know, I just, I just look at like Jacob, Jacob Ramsey being a tough tackling midfielder and think this is a guy who should be further forward playing on the half turn, um, scoring goals, creating chances. Um, I look at McGinn, just not in form, um, wondering whether Douglas Louise should be further forward. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know, you know, after a year of Gerard been there, what exactly it is Aston Villa are aiming to be. And, you know, we had half an hour or even longer today to, to take three points at Leeds. It was absolutely there for the taking and we didn't take the opportunity. And once again, it's a lack of um, composure in the final third. And to be honest, a lack of um, pattern, um, really. So, uh, yes, I can't really see what it is Villa aiming to be right now, which is, uh, you know, not not particularly great. Maybe they'll get there. Maybe they will. But right now, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. But what did you think of it? Yes to all that, Frankie, and uh, I'm I'm as disappointed as you are. Maybe maybe slightly less disappointed. I think basically uh, after the match finished, I was uh, pretty frustrated as I tend to be after most games this season. And then there's a period of sort of um, uh, uh, a period of thought I enter where I sort of stew over what I've just witnessed and try and dig out the positives from from what has been. And and obviously there are cons, but but there are, there are pros too, which I'd like to kind of lift this portion of the show mm-hmm. with. As you mentioned, another clean sheet. Uh, you know, we talked about this in the win over Southampton. Um, it's hard to achieve in the Premier League, obviously, to get a clean sheet. Two on the bounce now, and which is good to see. But also the fact we had a really makeshift defence coming into that game, um, becoming even more makeshift when August Stinson went off with his hamstring injury so early on. You know, we played with the back four of Conso was our right back. Bednarek made his debut alongside Mings and then Young was shifted to the other side of the pitch to play left back. So that being considered, granted Leeds played for, you know, um, almost half the game with 10 men. That's still so, that's still something to be, you know, positive about away from home, I, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, with McGinn, I know you're talking about lack of form. He has been in poor form, but I think that was his best performance in a while. Um you know, really good tackle on click it right at the end, which yeah, um, that was a big tackle, yeah. match saving tackle. That one, yeah. to be fair to him, so I thought he played well. Ramsey again, yeah, you don't want him to be sort of, you know, diving into challenges and being that kind of ball winning midfielder because that's not who he is. But he can do it clearly, and and he's actually playing himself into a bit of form now. Yeah, I think both both um, for club and country, he's he's sort of getting back to the Ramsey that we were sort of. Uh, getting used to last season um three games unbeaten and now um you know two draws and a win out of the last three obviously this one away from home um despite the one man advantage you know you can obviously view that as a, as a positive and we survived the third kick curse I, I messaged you before the game even started and i said um, when Tutankhamun was uh, dug up in the 1920s <laughs> he was found wearing an aston villa third kick <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah. and the curse of that obviously affected those who found him, and yeah. we all know what happened there. So yeah. we survived. We've broken in a way the curse of the third <laughs> kit. So so that's yeah. a that's a good thing. But then obviously the negatives, which you've discussed, I 
wholeheartedly agree with. Mm. Nil-nil against a pretty poor Leeds team, reduced to 10 very early in the second half. That's a game you kind of need to win. We need to yeah. win those games. We ha- we've talked about our pre-season predictions of where Villa should be targeting. We said at least top 10. Mm. You've got to be beating Le- uh, like an understrength Leeds team, reduced to 10 men. Um for large periods, yeah. you got to you got to yeah, win that so. game, and and the Watkins debate again flares up once more. You know, we we constantly talk about is he good enough for where we want to be as a as a club? You know, and he, you can't. You know, a lot of times I look at Watkins and I think you know he hasn't been given the chances. You know, it it just hasn't kind of worked. He's been quite isolated, but not in this game. You know, he had one, you know, two yeah, or three chances, decent yeah. opportunities. Yeah. You mentioned the one with Buendia setting him up. I mean, that was a, a, a guilt-edged chance for a Premier League striker to be putting that yeah. one away. And it just he just never looked like scoring. I think I think lack I mean, of conviction. Sorry, lack of conviction, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and and just, you know, is is he the is he the striker that we need going forward? If 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 we have players like Buendia who's going to be setting setting him up, we need someone to be to be knocking them in. Yeah, Gerard said himself post-match that he uh, wanted the attackers to uh, to to show more conviction and to basically kind of, you know, stump up some of the blame for today's yeah. result, which I think is, is, is fair enough. You know, oh, the chances yeah. were created. Yeah. And then, and then finally, as you mentioned, Cameron Archer, what more does he have to do to, to earn minutes? I mean, today seemed like the perfect opportunity for him to come on. He's brilliant in the box. Um, give him chances. He'll score. We, we saw that, in the Carabao Cup last season, and last season for Preston, he scored a scored a, a decent number of goals for the games he played for them. You know what's going on there? Is there something behind the scenes that that's preventing him from getting Premier League minutes? I don't know, but it's yeah, it's a mixed bag. I feel I feel very indifferent about today's result, but the overall feeling that you had about Gerard's Villa, you know, where are we? Hmm. Still, again, it's another match goes by. We still don't really know what a Gerard Aston Villa team looks like is like should be like i i i don't know but um you know we just we just we sort of bumping from one game to the next and we we have no clarity at all we we? can't we can't pass the ball around we just can't pass the ball we're really bad at it and again we were bad today particularly when they had 11 men you know we go direct i guess against leeds they're they're a team who put you under pressure very rapidly so getting the ball over that press okay that makes a bit of sense you know, I mean, Guardiola himself used to do it at Bayern Munich when they played Dortmund. I, I specifically remember watching that. But this is a thing that Villa do all the time. Um, we've been just, re- you know, we're a really hard team to watch. You know, the last two games, Southampton, you know, you've got Jeff Stelling saying it's one of the worst games he's seen. And then mm. again, after the game today, you've got Kelly Dalglish talking with Micah Richards and Roy Keane saying it's, it's, it's a really hard game for neutrals to watch. That's what Villa are at the moment. You know, we're a... We're industrious, you know, defensively we're a lot better than we were like at the very start of the season against Bournemouth, for instance, when we were abject. Um, you'd say Mings has been a big part of that coming back into the team and his form has been really on it. And, you know, fair play to Mings. We really like him. You know, he's 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 going to be a bit of a, a hero in the, in the coming years, I think, when we all look back on this period, you know, this period of time at Villa. Um, and he was a big character and he's shown once again, you know, he's a big part of what of improving Villa's defence, essentially. And uh, Ashley Young has really stepped up as well. I thought he's, you know, he's not really done anything wrong, to be honest. Uh, it's just that, like, you know, it, lack of conviction. Like, you're not ruthless enough, you know, as Roy Keane would say. You know, they're just 
just punch someone in the face, you know? It's it's just ah oh, man, like um. Which... I I, th- I mean I t- I totally get that the whole the frustrating thing about because it's it's it, uh, there's 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 many ways to play football. Uh, obviously, as a fan, you want to be watching your team play on the front foot, attacking, flair, all this sort of stuff, obviously, and get results. I mean, that's the winning combination. Mm. And I don't mind I don't mind um watching a team like Villa being be industrious when we need to be. But if you look at we don't have to play, you know, we're not set up in terms of the players we have. If you look on paper, we're not an industrious side. We've got no. Coutinho, Buendia, uh Bailey, Ramsey, even like Luis could bloody score corners from free uh, score goals from corners you know we're not we're pretty blessed with flair like flair players on paper yeah so you've got to be looking at the decisions in terms of how we're playing and, and how those players are being utilized and, and the coach, buck, buck like stops the, yeah the buck stops coaching. with gerard surely and 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 the, and the, the setup uh the setup he's got behind him so it i don't know that's what i mean it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a team the team is playing like it should we're sort of going through the paces, and and it's kind of the individual qualities of the players are getting us through matches. Yes, but we're we're not playing at like anywhere near full capacity. In it's terms like, of, it's like we're waiting for a moment of inspiration. That's the plan. Yeah, it's like absolutely. just hopefully Coutinho will do something, or Buendia will will pull out a, a magical pass, um, or or Bailey will. You know, he's a fifty-fifty player, isn't he? It seems like he'll do something great like a great a couple of times today put in some great pack crosses you know Coutinho shot against the post that was a ball yeah. from Bailey and yeah. there was another one first half that Watkins got in the way of McGinn but then you know he'll do something incredibly frustrating so yeah it's it's just there's it, just we've been saying it all season really um it's just a lack of kind of that final third that pattern of play it's just not there and we have Aaron Danks who's an attacking coach so surely you're thinking in training, we're working on drills all the time. Is it is it is it the profile of player? Is there some is there some ingredient missing up there? It's hard to say unless you're at Bodymore Heath every day, really seeing it up close and personal. But from what we're seeing on the pitch, over and over again, it looks like the same issues. We cannot string passes together, and we're relying on either long balls forward and open it falls for us, or um, a moment of magic from a player. And, you know, in fairness, Katia and Buendia are capable of that. And Buendia had that moment today and Watkins didn't take the chance. So, um, you know, a couple of games coming up now where you, you look at, like, Nottingham Forest away and you're thinking, like, is it going to be more of the same? You know, we mm. defensively look quite solid. In fairness, that you, you have to credit them from where we were at the start of the season to what, where we are now. We do look defensively more solid. Um, and, you know, to be honest, looking back on that Man City game after what happened up in Manchester today, you know, that 6-3, six, six, mm-hmm. Harland hat-trick again, you're looking back on it, you're going, I think I'm going to be telling my grandkids about the time Aston Villa drew <laughs> one all in the miracle of Villa Park and Harland only managed to score one goal. It was, you know, I'll be telling, talking to my grandkids like, well, you, you wouldn't believe it, Marty. It was a fantastic cross from De Bruyne and Ireland got on the end of it. But Tyrone, he's kept him in his back pocket all game other than that moment. It's like, it's a miracle that we, that we somehow drew that game, particularly after we looked so awful and abject against Arsenal just three days prior. So, yes, you, you, can, you can argue things have got a little bit better defence or have got better defensively. 
but goodness me, we're a hard watch. And um, are we? Are, is the um, is there a back line that we're suddenly building on here that we're going to become better going forward? And we maybe patterns of play will emerge. I mean, you could argue that, but I'm not sure I believe it right now. So, oh man, you know, yes, with the players we have, we surely have to be better than we are going forward, really. Um, and it's a year now, it's a year since Gerard took over. So, yeah. Mm. Um, any anything you can add to that, George? Yeah. Um, no, not really. I'm afraid, Frankie. I wish I, I wish I could. I mean, it feels like. Um... Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, it feels like Groundhog Day. It feels like we're sort of discussing the same the same issues week in, week out about Gerard's villa uh, and uh, the frustrations that we have. Um, that uh, you know, as you say, it's a, it's a year since he's taken over. I don't see much of an improvement on the Dean Smith Aston Villa, which did have an identity, in my opinion. Um, They're more enjoyable know. to watch. But, oh, certainly, absolutely, yeah. much more enjoyable to watch. Much more enjoyable to watch. Uh, and you just think, you know. All the, all the, everything that was chucked up in the air when we decided to just to um, dispense of Dean Smith, everything that we decided to sacrifice to bring in Gerard, was it worth it at this stage? Can we say it was worth it? No, I think that's very fairly definitive. I, I would, I would argue most Villa fans would probably agree with that. Um, and um, and yeah, it's um, you know, there's, there's there's plenty of the season still to go, despite obviously the fact that there is a huge chunk missing in November. Um, but um, we need to start looking at, 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 at sort of how we approach that World Cup break now, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know over that World Cup period, you know we'll see where we are and maybe maybe we'll have to reach a decision then in terms of what we you know what the what the what the owners of the club want to want yeah. to see going forward. I think I think to be honest, the World Cup break will offer a lot of clubs owners the opportunities to think about what they want to see from their team and their mm-hmm. club um and i think yeah we'll have a we'll have a clear indication of where they see gerard at that point yeah it's crucial that world cup coming up that is you, you, you got to just get through to that and like we've got some fixtures that to be honest aren't too bad really i mean you're looking at it maybe chelsea is the is the big tough fixture we're going to have but other than that, you know, there's teams in there that you'd, you'd argue like we should be aiming to get points against, really. Uh, starting with Forest uh, away yeah. next week. Definitely. I mean, you don't want to get to a stage which we already have is, is you know, in uh, in October, we're thinking, oh, God, that's a must win. Forest, mm. that's a must win. You know, yeah. Leeds away, that's a must win. Um, because, you know, as, as, as we been saying before in previous episodes it's all about kind of incremental growth with us and and we have been doing that year after year hmm. and now we've reached a point where we've kind of plateaued um which doesn't meet the or match the investment that's always been going on behind the scenes in the club yeah. uh, we need we need to start matching that that investment otherwise you know heads roll that's the way football works All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Things are heating up like a bucket of hot prawns in the sun, as my Australian girlfriend told me to say, apparently an Aussie term. Um, Here on the All Villa, no filler podcast, as I ask this, the spicy question. Today, George, I'm asking you, should Cameron Archer have gone on loan? 
Well, um, given his lack of minutes so far for us this season, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think perhaps with another manager in charge, you know, with, with certainly with Dean Smith in charge, Cameron Archer would have seen far more minutes than he well I mean has he has he seen he, he's definitely come on as a substitute you know in some of the games yeah so far this season but but you know very very limited um and as I said earlier today seemed like the absolute perfect opportunity for mm. a player like Archer to come on and 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 make a difference you know the b- balls were coming into the box from all angles and who would you want in the box to be getting on the end of those of those balls Cameron Archer 100%, yeah probably throw for him me, on and throw him on and say and, well, throw him on and say, make yourself a hero. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Off, Absolutely. Today seemed like the day, maybe. But... Absolutely. You know, Leeds reduced to ten men. They're 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 sitting back. Um, they're they're you know they're not they're not being positive going forward. You know the opportunities are going to present themselves. Um, and after seeing Watkins burn two or three decent chances, you know why why not? You know throw throw Archer on alongside him to try and supplement that strike force. I mean, we we know. Watkins and Ings, there's there's been that issue about them playing together and does it work? Doesn't it doesn't work and, and all the rest of it. But we've barely seen Cameron Archer. And I think it's mm. it's really unfortunate. You know, why with all the players that we saw go out on loan this summer of kind of Archer's um of Archer's sort of class, um, why why did we keep him? Why did we give him the new contract if it wasn't to to give him opportunities against, you know, clubs like Leeds and, and situations like we saw against Leeds today? Why it doesn't it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. Um, so I mean, if I was manager, no, I wouldn't send him out on loan, and I would have played him. Mm. But in the current current situation, in the current um, situation that he finds himself in under Gerrard, yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely should have got on loan. He should have, should have played for a championship club and and followed the likes of Tim Rogbenham, who's doing well for QPR now, and and uh, and um, uh, Aaron Ramsey, who's now starting games for for Norwich and 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 doing the business for them, mm. um, he's probably looking at those players now and thinking, well, I should be, you know, I should be racking up the minutes in in a yeah. competitive league like the Championship and scoring goals. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know what's going on there, but it's it's very disappointing. I don't know how yeah. you feel about it. Yeah, I I mean, it's looking increasingly like he should have gone on loan. Um, you know, who's to know, you know, maybe he will get that moment to, you know, that opportunity to from Gerard and he'll say, Go on, make yourself the hero. Um, you know, with 20 to go against Nottingham Forest next week, you know, maybe that chance is coming soon and we'll all, you know, and then he'll start to play a bit more. But, you know, you've got Ings and Watkins ahead of you. It's, it's difficult. But I don't know, I just felt against Leeds. I did I, I honestly I was there in the 75th minute and I was I'd saying to a partner, I was like, I just think maybe just to throw Archer on, you know, just give him just say it to him, like, now, you know, we're going to have the ball in the final third. You don't really have to think about any tracking back or anything like that, you know. Have a go, you know, just if you get your chance, take it. Um, you know, fair enough, you throw Danny Ings on. He is a goal scorer, so that's fine. I just wondered if Watkins, just with the form he was showing, wasn't really wasn't really at it today. I think it was kind of clear. But, you, you again, it's, it's a tough choice because, you, you know, you, you argue, like, you know, if Watkins keeps plugging away, he might take his chance eventually, which is not ideal, but sometimes it goes like that. But, you know, there'd be plenty of people arguing, you know, saying, well, Cameron Archer, he only scored 17-20 for Preston. He scored, you know, against Barrow, a hat-trick, you know, Barrow, you know, what their non-league, league two, I'm not sure. But so, you know, um, you know, there'd be people arguing we're overhyping and all that. I'm not saying he's the second coming of Erling Targaryen from Man City. <laughs> But I am. I'm just saying, like, if we're giving, 
if we're keeping a, a young prospect like that around, 70-20 is not a bad record, to be honest, in the championship. And um, and also you know, considering and, considering the fact he was at Solihull Moors. This exactly. It's a big, you, know, you know, it's a huge step up from... Huge. From, you know, from the conference. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and also just from a psychological perspective for the Villa fans as well. And it was that end of the pitch that they were playing towards in the second half, towards the Villa fans on the right-hand side. Mm. You know... Chuck it on Cameron Archer would have given them a huge boost, which would have lifted them and and you know lifted the squad, and maybe that would have that would have been enough to kind of get us over the line. Do you know what I mean? Because because mm. you know don't discredit the impact of of you know a, a raucous traveling traveling crowd. Mm. So so yeah, I I um I just think I just think there's you know we don't we don't watch him in training. We don't know what it's like. We don't know Stephen Gerrard's views of him particularly. He wasn't asked about it in the post match um, interview, as far as I can see. But what he was asked about was about sort of his attack, attacking players, and he and he did, as Gerard has done, uh, kind of dig them out a little bit. Um, and uh, who knows? As you said against Forest, does that mean that he'll get an opportunity? I'm not saying he'll start against Forest, but does that yeah. mean that if things still aren't going right from an attacking perspective against um, against them, will Cameron Archer get a game? Because if he doesn't, then you're just starting to think, well you know what a waste we're Why? coming up to january now we're a couple of months away from it and and we could well see him go out on loan then and you think well you know we should have just let it go if, if that's yeah. the case we should have just let him go out on loan for the club yeah and last season was a stepping stone for him to score those seven goals then he scored i think four for england or he scored a fair few yeah. for england yeah, in the yeah. 20s yeah. And you just think those two steps are like his confidence is high. Maybe you're loaned to Norwich under, you know, someone or preferably not Watford. I, I don't, I, they're a bit of a basket case, but somewhere like a Norwich, if they'd wanted him, um, with Dean Smith, you'd probably say it might have been quite a smart move. But, you know, if, if he gets a lot of minutes, you know, coming up to the World Cup, you can argue, all right, great. He's, that's, he's getting the Premier League experience he needs. But if he doesn't get any, you, you're then looking ahead to December then and you're thinking that's half a season of development that hasn't really happened for him. So, you, yeah, you, you question that decision then. I, I think um, there's probably, people might completely disagree with everything I've just said. Fine, um, you know, whatever. Uh, but, but yeah. Um, and also, something I wanted to mention, aside from the Archer thing today, but the Leeds fans today seem to get very wound up with the referee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a very sort of spicy game, and I do wonder whether that sort of uh, as a, is a result of the preseason match that they had um, in Australia. Where do you remember that? It was a, it was a preseason friendly, and it was really sort of spicy. I think McGinn was involved in quite a serious challenge on one of their youth players who had to be stretched off, and I don't know, I don't know. I mean, we, we do have a There's bit needle of, um, in it. They, yeah, oh, after yeah. After the the whole. Yeah, the whole thing, you know. I think in in recent seasons, certainly Villa v Leeds does seem to have a bit of spice to it more so than mm. any other fixtures. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, personally, stop fouling Villa players. You know, <laughs> That's actually, I mean, exactly like, you, you know, it's like every like most of the, most of the fouls I'm looking at, I'm thinking, well, that's a foul. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Elbowed, yeah. But he elbowed him there. Uh, he sort of came to his ankle there. I mean, yeah. you know. Oh. Bill Goldberg, I, 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 Spear, and Jack Abbott, Stone Cold Stunner there, rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be partisan because I don't want to be that elbow. fan who says that every single uh, foul committed against a, uh, or every single tackle committed against a Villa player is a foul. Yeah, I'm not saying that at all. But genuinely, 
most of the fouls I absolutely agreed with from a, yeah. trying to take myself away from a purely kind of this is by the letter of the law. And I also saw a lot of Leeds fans kicking off about their um, their play getting uh, getting their second yellow. It was I mean, a red because it was I just mean, stupidity. It, it was utter, utter ridiculousness. I messaged yeah. you saying, you know, if that was a Villa player doing that, I would have been... You know, losing my mind. Oh, I'll be walking to Antarctica to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, jo- I'll be joining you. We'll be walking together, race across the world, me and you. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but it Get was, lost. It was, yeah, yeah, End up in the blizzard. North Pole by accident. <laughs> yeah, Antarctica. Exactly. I thought you meant the Arctic. Is there supposed to be polar bears here, Frankie? <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, like we we uh, we yeah, I, I it was a daft decision, and he absolutely deserved the second yellow, and therefore he had to go. But but I mean, you would know it from the Leeds Twitter account, and just bizarre, 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 bizarre. bizarre. It's, it's second second time. I remember when the, the game, the one all game, you know, where they gave us the goal. Um, I remember in that game, it was the same reaction. It seems to be the fans were really angry about decisions the referee was giving. But it was like, if you keep kicking Jack Grealish over, you, yeah. It's a foul, isn't it? <laughs> if you don't, if you don't win, if you kick, this is how it works. If you don't win the ball and you kick the player, then you concede a free kick yeah. or a penalty or whatever, wherever you're on the pitch. That is how it works. You just stop doing that, and yeah. the referee will stop blowing his whistle. Yeah, yeah. Like, there seems to be one where uh, um, Mings did a really good tackle on um, Aronson. I want to say, yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the reaction was just so like visceral and angry. There was a, was like... there was a Jacob Ramsey tackle Ooh. on. It might be Aronson as well, and then it caused Rodrigo to get a booking for 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 descent. I, there were two tackles. Yeah. There was one after the other, but I'm pretty sure. And the yeah. second tackle was maybe a bit more iffy. But the first tackle, which is the one he was complaining about, which got him the yellow card, was like absolutely fine. Like Ramsey <laughs> sort of came in, won the ball. Ramsey just uh, Aronson just goes down, sort of because yeah. he just goes down, and then Rodrigo goes and gets himself a yellow card for protesting it. So it's like, yeah. mate, just like come yeah. on. Yeah, and I will say. I will, I will say, you know, he did get one thing wrong today, the referee, and that was booking Ludwig Augustinsson for that <laughs> in the first 10 minutes. That was that was a poor decision, if poor you decision. ask me. Um, and maybe a penalty as well for Mings when he was pulled down, you know, with the shirt, you know. But other than that, sure, sure, sure. it was all right. He did all, um, he did all right. He did all right. Um, but yeah, also Augustinsson injured hamstring, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a blow. That is a blow. I, I do feel for him. I mean, he, he was doing pretty well, I thought. Um, right. for the, for, yeah. You know, he was he was fine. But, you know, it, it's that opportunity for him, which has been snuffed yeah. out with a hamstring. You, you, you know, he could be out for a while. So who do we... I mean, that is the, that is another kind of topic of discussion. Who the hell do we play mm. Left back. Well, I guess it'd probably oh. be young, wouldn't it? Young will play left back I mean, and cash will be young. back for Forest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, God, you missed. Yeah. The, thank God he signed that contract extension. Yeah. He's done he's really well. Like, yeah, he, he has done really well since he's come back in. Like, I, it's hard not to love him, really, isn't it? Like when you yeah. watch him, and he's so canny. He's such a clever player. Like he he knows when to win fouls. He knows when to give away fouls. He knows when to hold the game up a bit and get in the referee's face. He's a He's just, he's just a. I like, I like him. I like having him in the squad. I like um, having him in the squad. And, and, and what's depressing is that he's three years older than me and uh, he looks like about 15 years younger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's he's, a, he's, a, he's a very fit and healthy man, isn't he? Uh, there's a reason he was playing at Inter Milan in Serie A barely a year ago, you know? So, um, yeah, it's that he, Italian. It's that Italian diet. Maybe that's what's done him for him. Maybe, maybe that much reputed 
uh, Italian diet, which is, uh, you know, very healthy and fitness and all that. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, those injuries. So Bednarek did all right when he came in, but yeah, it's going to be a very makeshift back four going forward. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Linsky. Catch you later, Frankie. In a bit, up the villa. Up the villa, and it is goodbye from me too. We will be back again to review that Nottingham Forest game, that was to be mentioned. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa.